Hi everyone, this is Allie Duff and I am your host for the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. Throughout this podcast, we will explore honest, vulnerable, and unfiltered conversations with people who inspire me the most. These conversations will dive deeper into where our guests have been, how they got started, and where they are going. The topics will range from careers, starting a business, following your passion, living life outside of the culture's norm, and of course, my fave, mental health. The Feeling Good Sometimes podcast was truly created to remind you that it's okay if you don't feel good every single day. I surely don't. And of course, I am always here to remind you that you are never alone in your journey. Hi everyone, welcome back. It's obviously Allie here and I know I've been a little distant. We didn't have an episode last week and this will likely be our last interview um, until the fall. I've decided to take a little break throughout the summer as I'm just dealing with some things behind the screens. Um, But I'm really excited for you to hear today's episode. It's with Kayla Logan. We talked a lot about her journey of coming out as a queer woman and just we kind of evolved the conversation to many different areas, but we mainly focused on that. And I think it's very fitting for it being Pride Month, but I also want to recognize that every month should be Pride Month. We should let people be who they want to be and be who they are and let love be love every single day of the year. So I really hope you enjoy today's episode and find some extra room and kindness in your heart for all the people that are dealing with challenges like what we talk about in this episode. But I will see you on the other side and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Kayla. Welcome to the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm also very excited. I've been looking forward to this. A little nervous to share the side of my story, but I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So before we do dive into things, every episode starts with me asking how you are feeling. So how are you feeling today or in this moment or just like in general? Today, I'm feeling extremely burned out. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a crazy thunderstorm outside, yeah. and I just I feel exhausted. Um, yeah. And I feel like just unmotivated, uninspired in life. Mm-hmm. And I just keep showing up as a shell of a person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm doing really well. How, how about yourself? How are you doing? Thank you for asking. You know what? Not Many people asked me back, and I think the only other person that asked me back this was Kenzie when I interviewed her, which doesn't really surprise me. It's like you and Kenzie both kind of were like, oh, how are you doing? Because, you know, like everyone who comes on here is a guest. We're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. But um, how am I doing? I also am feeling like because, yeah, it's just like a rainy, stormy day, and it was like freezing rain and the last couple of days well actually what i've been trying to do in april is walk every day so like get outside Mm -hmm. and walk because i just like really i sit at my desk all day like i do generally work out in the morning but then i like come home and sit all day and i'm just like you know by the end of the day i feel kind of gross because i haven't even like left the house really um so my april goal is like every day i'm gonna walk so i've done it every day and then today it's like i'm not going outside in this to walk so i'm like kind of bummed and 
Yeah, as we were talking about earlier, I'm just kind of in like a very uncomfortable limbo period in life right now. So mm. it feels very like it's really easy for me to like retreat back to kind of like depression and anxiety and, and yes. go because that's like my safety zone. And that's just like the mm. way I know how to like control things. So it's kind of figuring out how to like fight that, but also just like recognize that it's just like a weird period in life and hopefully it's not gonna be like this forever i know it won't be like this forever but it's just you know the natural ebb and flows of life and yeah so that's kind of where i'm at but i i'm excited to talk to you today that's for sure i know i'm excited too and i hear you i think it's really hard when we have these coping mechanisms because like i struggle with depression as well yeah and like my fallback is like avoidance netflix Mm -hmm. and laying in bed yeah and like that's definitely started to happen too with like the winter that we've had and i know when you're transitioning i've been transitioning a lot as well too like you just want to like turn into yourself Mm -hmm. and like when you're changing and shifting in your jobs there's this insecurity mm-hmm. and you're like looking for safety. But as like small business owners, you're also like trying to be like, I will make it. Yes. It's like, I have <laughs> to make it actually. It's not, I will. I have to make it. I will keep waking up and I moving know. forward because I don't we'll have know another what the alternative. Is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know. It's so true. It's like, well, I don't know. It, it's tricky to like compare to like a different kind of like nine to five job. I guess you can't really, you can take sick days, right? But you can't like take a whole lot of sick days. I don't know what that lifestyle is like, but yeah, it's like you don't have anybody telling you what to do. Like you don't have like mm-hmm. so many hours that you clock in and clock out of. It's like if you don't do it, no one else is going to do it. So you can't like, yeah. but then you do have the luxury of kind of like, taking a little bit easier now and then but not not always generally no i i agree with you like it's just um i don't think i could ever go back to a nine to five but then again you're never off the clock like i live like right now i'm showing my cell phone like this is attached to me but at the same time i will not respond to a text message for five days like it just doesn't make sense i know it's it's like two different kind of i don't know it's really hard to explain unless you understand like it's really easy to answer Instagram because that's like, I think it's like wired in our minds, like that's work. Right. And like whenever someone sends a message on Instagram, like, Oh my gosh, I have to respond straight away or like Mm -hmm. an email or something like that. Right. Whereas if like my friend texts me, I'll be like, Oh wait till like tonight. I'm like, Oh, why are you texting me during the day? I mean, I will respond because it's on my computer, on my phone and stuff like this, but I'm just like, yeah. Why do you have to text me? (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Or like having a conversation with someone through text. Like I just cannot do it because yeah, I think because we're notes. just like on social media all the time trying to like create content, engage with customers, engage with people that when it comes to like a real life humans that are outside of the like bubble that we've created online, we just want to like be normal and not be on our phones. Do you think? Yes. I like, I honestly don't think the real world exists. Like today I went out in public to drop off something to ship and I just had a front ponytail Mm -hmm. of just like bangs pretty much. And then I realized like I look like a My Little Pony and no one looked at me strangely. And I was like, yes, because this is how 
you know real people (laughs) right like because real people aren't in this world anymore everything is behind a screen and no one can genuinely it's like a sim it's like a simulation (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) no but literally like I was talking to a friend after and I was like how did no one like look at me sideways with the way that I just wore myself out in public like I am in the country though. Well, that does help. Yeah, I guess like you can get away. Yeah, with that it does a you're... lot. Like someone wears sandals in a rainstorm. I was yeah, like, it's, it's like Canada. pretty normal if you're like in the middle of nowhere. I think if we were like downtown Toronto, then maybe you would get like side eyed, but like I don't maybe. know. I don't dress up to go anywhere at this rate. <laughs> I, I'm literally in last night's pajamas right now. Yeah. That's so why I was comfy. like, um, can they see the video? <laughs> you can't even know. You're just in a t-shirt and got a top now. <laughs> uh, anyway, so today we're going to talk about something super fun. Um, so I want to know all about... So if anybody knows you, they probably know you from social media, right? That's going to be like the the most known place like instagram tiktok yeah you've, i feel like you've been one of the like the og instagram oh my god thank you i will well, take that <laughs> when i when i think about it i just think about like i'm thinking like 2019 like before the pandemic hit and all of yeah. those influencers i guess that i like engaged with or like wanted to talk to and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then now it's like a very very different space um, yes so that's why i say like Oh, gee. It's like when I, most of the people that I get to talk to on this podcast, I'm like, years ago, I would have been like, oh my gosh, they would never want to talk to me or something like that. But now, but it's just like, I've obviously continued to like create a relationship and it's so cool that I like finally get to like talk face to face to people. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Where now I think it would be really tricky to kind of create those relationships if like I was starting out now just because such a different space. Yeah, but your Instagram, I feel like, is kind of a journal of body positivity, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. So, like, my campaign of body positivity started out with me posing at iconic places in my underwear, and I wanted to show people that they were beautiful at every shape and size. And we started doing some group shoots around that too, Mm -hmm. um, which I've done around like North America, Europe. I've been kicked out of the Louvre three times. I did it in front of the Mona Lisa. I don't even know if I have the courage to do what I've done pre-pandemic. But yeah, so it was a lot of like showing like fat liberation, body positivity. And it was like pre-TikTok when I tried to share that stuff on TikTok. Um, (laughs) I got my account banned once. And then, uh, yeah, they don't they don't like see my fat butt on there that much so now i'm posting yes body positivity there's fashion um i post a lot of mental health yeah and then in the last two years actually during the pandemic with the help of tiktok i came out as gay Mm -hmm. whoa 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 (laughs) so on tiktok so what do you mean by the help of tiktok like you just were encouraged by people or you saw more people coming out and that like inspired you So um, I was spending a lot of time during the pandemic on TikTok and I ended up on like lesbian thirst trap, like lots of like masculine lesbians and like the algorithm like instinctively knew they were like, you are a homosexual, like right here. 
And then I started to realize, like, I had been questioning things a lot in my life. Like, I remember in university, like, having a boyfriend and being like, you know, I think I'm bi. And, like, going Mm -hmm. to the gay club and, like, trying to pick up a girl and then being like, you know what? Actually, I don't know if this is for me. Like, Mm -hmm. thinking if you were gay, that that meant that you liked every woman. Like, I didn't realize that just with men, you would have, like, preferences. So I thought that when I attempted to, like, explore this, Mm -hmm. that if I didn't like every woman, then I wasn't gay or I wasn't bi or I wasn't pansexual. And then with TikTok, it brought a lot of visibility to the different communities and like subgroups and categories of lesbians. And I was exposed to what are called soft masks. And it's like these very masculine appearing women who are like Mm -hmm. very much women and tender in the inside. And I fell in love. I was like, (laughs) I am not just questioning anymore. Um, For some time I had like, came out as pansexual but like I don't think I really realized what that meant like I was like yeah I love I love all people for who they are doesn't doesn't everyone just love people for who they are like why yeah why wouldn't you love the person not the genitals and then um from TikTok I was like (laughs) (laughs) I love women and I started to like really question it to the point where I was reaching out to friends who I knew were queer and I was like how do you know if you're questioning your sexuality yeah because this is why I was like curious like I'm always curious if like because you hear people talk about how they knew like from a really young age and then they just like fought it right or like their whatever their culture that they grew up in or their family or anything like that like they just didn't feel like they could be themselves so I'm always like curious when people either have a feeling or like did you ever feel like just something was off or like something was missing yeah so I think this is a really interesting question and I've had to do like a lot of reflection on this because everyone always talks about like oh you're really confused before you come out like you're really in this confusion But, like, I just didn't know. Like, I can look back now upon reflection and see all, like, the signals that were happening. Um, Like, for instance, I can say I was questioning. I had an attraction to women. Mm -hmm. I fantasized about them. I stereotypically dressed like a lesbian. Like, there are certain flags that are common in the gay community that when you look back on, you're like – oh, that was pretty queer of me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That all makes sense now. But in the moment, I did not know. I did not have a clue. Right. Nothing could have told me. Like I've had family that asked me on multiple okay. occasions, like, are you a lesbian? Are you gay? And I'm like, no. Like I thought it was so offensive because I mm. genuinely, I genuinely didn't know. But then- having to do therapy not having but like doing it like what like one does in their in their 30s yeah (laughs) um (laughs) twice a week Uh, it's intense over here Uh, um i looked back on it and it turned out that like um i was shamed really young Mm. um by an adult figure around like seeing um girls or women as beautiful and attractive and thinking that that was wrong. 
Mm. And so I never knew it was an option. Like I never knew it was an option to myself Mm -hmm. um, to come out to my family to meet. It was never on the table for me. Right. Down to like the fact where like I wouldn't even like get close to girlfriends. Like I didn't like sharing beds with them, sitting close to them in the change rooms. I avoided eye contact. Like I went out of my way. Um to keep that to myself because I thought that was shameful. Right. Yeah. It was like installed in you almost from a very young age. And that was like a belief created from like an external person. Right. Yeah, exactly. 100% it was. So um, I remember like in the last few years, like thinking um, I was so scared of the rejection of coming out that I literally thought to myself that like, even if you are gay, and at this point, I still didn't realize I was gay. And these are the things I was telling myself, okay, like, this should be the point in your mind where you're like, you are probably gay, you're probably bisexual, you're probably something. Yeah. When you're like, even if I am gay, I'm just not gonna come out like I'd rather like Mm. you know I'd rather die than come out because Mm. I just think I'm gonna be rejected and my family won't accept me my community won't accept me online Mm. um I just can't come out like I'll just live this straight life and that's gonna be the only option for me so um I think (laughs) I think when you're having those types of conversations with yourself that that's called questioning that's called you might not be straight that's but I feel like that unfortunately happens to so many people because we've grown up like especially like what you're in your 30s like I'm almost 30 so we've grown up in in the era or the culture that we grew up in it was still really seen as wrong in some areas I feel like and I guess it just really depends how you grew up and where you grew up and like what religion you grew up in and all this jazz and I mean like we're mm-hmm. it's 2023 and we're still dealing we're going backwards when it comes to a lot of this stuff unfortunately it's like yeah. disgusting um but growing up through that just makes it so much harder for people to even realize that they can be accepted as who they are or who they truly want to be. And like you were saying, you'll just like live on being straight, even though like subconsciously deep down, obviously it was like, no, like this is not, this is not what I want. Yeah. Like I thought it was the worst thing that I could yeah. be. Cause there's um, like this massive fear around it. Yeah. And I even remember like in university afterwards, I lived with a lesbian couple and I remember them saying to me, they're like, you were the straightest gay person we've ever met because I was Mm. such a huge ally. Like I was obsessed with gay rights. Right. It makes me think gay rights, gay rights. Sorry, (laughs) I think that's from TikTok. (laughs) Like I was just like, I was, um, but I was just so obsessed with gay rights. Mm. And I think about um, the environment that I came from. And I just came from an environment where there was so much homophobia that mm-hmm. it wasn't acceptable. Yeah. 
I think it's really hard to grow up in households where people think that they're extremely liberal Mm. and that they're progressive, Mm -hmm. but are extremely homophobic. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize, not because there's an intent to harm their children or others, but they don't realize how homophobic it can be. Mm-hmm. And how harmful that rhetoric can be in their home around their children. And therefore, it reinforces those ideas that they'll be disowned if they yeah. try to come out. Because I remember one time saying, and I feel like this was like ways of like testing the water growing up. Okay. Was that like, oh, I can't wait. I want a gay son. I can't, I just want a gay son so bad. And I remember saying this to a family member and yeah. them being so disgusted at me. They were like, are you serious? Are you like appalled as if that was the worst thing I could right. do? Right. Um. So no, it just, it wasn't an environment mm-hmm. where it was accepted. Yeah. I still have family members. Um, who do not accept it they mm-hmm. say that they do but then their political views don't align with that right. they don't believe in trans rights they don't mm-hmm. want their children in school being taught about mm-hmm. queer families mm-hmm. um which like, <laughs> i just don't honestly think that they understand what um, that can do how harmful like, it is the and the fact that like that, yeah it's yeah, it's really it's really frigging complicated because mm-hmm. it's real life. It's real life yeah. and people live in this and that is why I think a lot of people have their chosen family. Yeah. It's it's not as simple when you live in it. Not every family is like we accept you, we love you. It's like we yeah. accept we love you and there is a ton of homophobia. Yeah, I think that's really important because I mean a lot of, you hear and see about a lot of people who just get like exiled by their family. Yeah. Because their family is like, no, like we don't accept this or like whatever their beliefs are. Right. And obviously it happens a lot with like queer, it happens a lot with trans, like it happens a lot. And then now in the year we're in going backwards with all of this stuff, it's like, how do kids grow up? who think that maybe they are and a don't have family acceptance and, and now have like, I mean, especially in the U S um, yeah. all the laws going backwards and they're like, okay, so if this is who I am, what am I growing up to? Like what world do I even get to live in? It's not safe. Right. It's so, no, it's not it's, safe. It's not safe at all. And like, I've had Family members go as far as say that, like, if you continue to push this gay agenda, which is like me just talking about my queerness, like me just existing as a human being, that I won't be allowed to see certain younger family members, that that will be taken from me Mm -hmm. and that they don't need to learn about my community until they're old enough or until I have a partner. Like, as if, like, those Mm. people don't matter um, and then when you think about what's going on in the United States with like trans rights, yeah. what's happening with like marriage equality, yeah. um, I was in the States during that I was okay. protesting for Roe v. Wade, yeah. um, 
because Roe v. Wade was going to potentially lead to the overturn of marriage equality in the states. And in Tennessee, they can they can reject your marriage license Mm -hmm. um, for marriage equality. And now we've seen all the bills across the country um, eliminating gender affirming care and taking trans kids away from their parents. And in Florida, we have the don't say gay bill Mm. like in Florida. And I was trying to explain this to a family member today. I'm like, if I had children and they went to school with your children, my child could not talk about what mommy and mommy did on the weekend. I'm like, it's that simple. Hmm. That's what you guys are all missing out is that my kid cannot talk about their family if they have two moms or two dads or, you know, just queer family members. That's wrong. They're going to be shamed for it. It's not just about like anatomy or sexualizing. and you're calling these people groomers and pedophiles so now you have akined us to the scum of society so when people Mm -hmm. get murdered these people are cheering because they've just done something great they've Mm -hmm. you know they've saved the children and it's like i i spent a lot of time in the united states my best friend is in california and i i think about going to these spaces often because i i go to gay spaces in the states and i genuinely think about like do you end up leaving alive or not yeah I was gonna say it's like scary to go to those places yeah so I feel like people don't like factor that all of those things in that the hate it starts with the just don't say gay it it starts in the family it's it, it starts with saying you're not pushing a gay agenda which is like it starts yeah when someone says like pushing an agenda on someone this is not an agenda this is like your life and who you are so really the problem stems from people accepting the fact that this is like a reality right they're just like so stuck in the fact that this is wrong it's so wrong and it's like it's it's just so sickening. It's like what happened last week with or two weeks ago with that shooting in in uh, Nashville, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that a week later or a day later they had the day for like trans rights and mm-hmm. equality and the amount of people that just I mean, if you're one of those people and you listen to this, like you can probably just leave at this point. But the amount of people that went off on the fact that they had this day right after a trans woman went in and shot all those children. It is not about that. It is about the guns. Like mm-hmm. this is the whole thing. It's like you're you're not looking at the actual problems. You're just looking at the problem that you think you can complain about and fix and just be yeah. like, let's shun all these people out of the world. It's basically you being like, they don't belong to exist. They're done. Like, where are they? What are they supposed to do? Go do? Just like live in a hole? Like, it's not yeah. the way the world works. No, it's never looking at the root of the issue. And the thing too is that I'm personally fortunate. I am a cis woman. I'm yeah. white. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I am a plus size woman, mm-hmm. and I'm gay. Okay. Yeah. But besides that, I pass in society. If you right. look at me, you cannot tell I'm gay. 
Right. But I think about others in the community and they mm-hmm. can be clocked right away. Like yeah. right away you look at them and you're like, that is a queer person. Yeah. And I think about them in Canada. I think about them in the United States and other countries. And I'm like, you are not safe. You no. are a walking target. And I can't imagine what that is like for you and your safety mm-hmm. and those kids in schools. And it's just, I think it's really, really frightening right now. Mm-hmm. Like with all, yes, there's a lot of freedoms that we've had and they all feel like they are gone at the same time. Yeah. Um, And then getting back to like my story, yeah. um, it took me till I was 32 years old to come out. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, they, I'm called a late in life lesbian and it's hard. Like I know others mm-hmm. who came out during the pandemic and it's harder when it's late in life because mm-hmm. you're trying to find your community as right. an adult yeah. when people yeah. don't socialize as much. Yeah. I don't really party and drink. I'm an yeah. introvert. Yeah. And I find a lot of these queer spaces are about like partying in Toronto mm-hmm. and going out and right. I'm like a Netflix at home you know, loner type of person travel by myself. Like, yeah. um, so like learning this identity later in life, like realizing I am a gay woman, what does that look like for me? Am I the same person? What right. does my community look like? Will my community of queers accept me? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's even like down to like my fashion choices. And I don't think people realize that it's like, do I look queer enough? I know mm. I'm gay, but like, do I look gay enough? Do people know I'm gay? I want them to know I'm gay. I want to, it's almost like being in high school again. It's like, I want them to know I'm gay. Like, I want to have gay friends. Right. It's like, I want to be like in the cool kids club. Like, I want right? to have this brand and do this. Yeah. Wow. Like, I thought about like getting my nose pierced and my septum pierced and then cutting them all my hair off and wearing mm. Doc Martens. Like, there's right. all these like, they're called signifiers. There's ways okay. to like flag that you're gay. Like, for instance, lesbians for years used to wear thumb rings. They still do because okay. it was illegal to be gay. So a way to signal that you were a lesbian oh was gosh. to wear a thumb ring. Um, yeah, so there's lots of ways that you can signal it. But I think it's just how do you fit in this community? Who are you now? And mm-hmm. did you miss? And it's like, did you miss out on most of your life by coming out later in life? Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I'm not sure if this is how you feel, but I would imagine there would be some feeling around, like, was I actually being my true self this whole time? Yeah, so there was, like, a lot of conversations in therapy of, like, if I didn't love men, how did I have these relationships where I thought I was in love? Right. And then my therapist saying that, in those moments, you did love those people. You were in love with those mm-hmm. people. Um, but that's just not who you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's like a lot of grieving that happens almost for your say, past self. Yeah, yeah. And which, I mean, it happens a lot, especially like through mental illnesses, right? Like kind of when you're coming out of an illness like especially eating disorders and stuff like that you you have to like grieve that person and that illness kind of as you move forward but yeah you do have to grieve probably the life that you thought 
you were going to have. And then oh my God, you have yes. to kind of, I would assume you have to do a lot of like acceptance around yourself, but also grieving the fact that you're not going to get to have like the relationships with your family, like you probably imagined or like pictured or just like figured you would like any family would. And obviously as we age, we kind of recognize that our family, we're all just adults and trying to figure out life and it's not the same, but I would assume you have to like go through a lot of that too. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things for me was like grieving that my life wouldn't be as easy anymore. And what I mean by that is like when you're a kid and you grow up, everyone talks about, you know, you get a husband, you have Mm -hmm. kids, you get a Mm -hmm. home, you have the white picket fence. You can have children that way. Maybe you have fertility issues, but there is a man and a wife and that creates a traditional nuclear family. And life is easier that way for straight families, for heteronormative couples. Mm -hmm. So there's the whole grieving process that your life will never look like that Mm. ever. Your life will be different it will be a queer life. It will be with a woman. And that right there, you grieve. You grieve mm-hmm. that that easiness that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And it could be just as simple as like, I feel like there's a lot of privilege in being with a man. Mm-hmm. Um, even just from like coming from, they make more money on the dollar than women. Mm-hmm. Right. There's things that come with being with a man that you will never have access to now. Mm -hmm. So your life will be inherently different being with a woman. If you want to have children, that process will be different. You will Mm -hmm. have to find a sperm donor, whether that's through donation from a friend or a bank. And then you have to think about the insemination process. Having children as a lesbian can cost thousands of dollars. So now you have to be wealthy if you want to have children. Mm-hmm. Because they do like IUI and then there's I, IVF. And I'm not saying that yeah. straight couples don't go through that, but like you have to as yeah, a lesbian. you don't have another option unless you're like just going to get some random person to impregnate you. And it's like, but not every couple is doing that because that's not the way it is. <laughs> right. And then like, and then you have to think about like, what does your relationship look like? It's just, There are so many factors that change now because you are not going to have a conventional relationship any longer. And then it's not just you that has to mourn that and grieve that and prepare yourself for what the future might look like. It's your family. Because I remember my stepdad sitting down with me a couple of weeks ago and I have a beautiful baby niece named Gwen. She's like a year old. And he's like, it just makes me really sad. And I know that Mm. he had no like malicious intent here. And he was like, you're so good with her and you're never going to have that. And I was like, I, and I like tried to hold my, Mm. my tongue. And what I said was, but I can, gay people can have children, but I don't want to have children. I like my life as it is now. And I love Gwen and I love being an aunt, but I I can still be a mom if I choose to be a mom. But see, that's the perception. You won't, you won't have that life. Yeah. It's like your trajectory to achieve or not to achieve, but to get all the things that 
as a young child, you just like imagine yourself having like coming to you basically. I don't want to say things come to you easily because they do not, no matter what you're going through, but just like the the steps that you would follow being an adult if you wanted to like go through all those processes changes. So mm-hmm. if people don't also change their perspective about like your life situation now, they think that it's completely like gone. Where like yeah. you can still have kids, like you can still be a mom, but it's just gonna look a lot different than the way that your niece was brought into the world, right? It's like gonna be yeah. completely different. And obviously people of different generations have like way more shit to deal go through to figure all this stuff out, right? And unfortunately, yeah. like that's the way it is. <laughs> the reason some of it just like continues to go on on in families and families who don't have any other way of looking at it but yeah it's it's so tricky for all the people surrounding you to also adapt but like I don't I don't know like if they're gonna accept you they kind of have to accept the way that your life is changing and the way that things are gonna happen for you yeah I think that it is extremely hard for them to accept that. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of them have the tools to do it, to yeah, be really I think honest. I think yeah. like in a lot of cases, it takes a lot of time, a yeah. lot of understanding from your part and yeah. a lot of like patience. And that's not the thing that's always explained. Mm-hmm. And I think going back to the grieving yeah. and the thing that like really broke my heart is realizing tying it back to the human rights is that I championed for human rights so much because I realized now that in my relationships going forward that I would potentially be discriminated against or Mm. be part of hate crimes and be part of homophobia yeah, or just and that really that really saddens my heart because mm-hmm. I've personally seen up close what that looks like mm. and I can't comprehend it. And also said I did say I did change my mind to have children. I think about what that would look like for a right. child right. and them going to school around right. other children and families. Mm-hmm. And what that kind of hate, homophobia, discrimination, and prejudice can look like. Yeah. And I think it's just mourning that whole picture. And even for the parents who are queer, who have children or children who are non-binary and thinking about what that world looks like for them. Yeah. It's grieving all of that. At least yeah. for me, it is. Yeah. And it's like, I got lucky that like, Yes, I'm not 100% accepted at the level I would like, mm-hmm. but I also wasn't rejected. And right. there's a lot of kids who I think about in these like real like Southern Baptist homes yeah, or like really it's... religious homes where they're just like disowned. It's like there's no even question about it. It's like you're done. You're gone. And like, unfortunately, that's why there's so many young teens or children who especially if they're like non-binary or trans or anything like that and they're in that area of the U.S. they don't make it because yeah it's just like 
they're literally not seen as human beings anymore or anyone who deserves to be on this earth. So how are they at the age of like 12 supposed to learn to accept themselves when they have no one to support them? It's just like, it's, it's so sickening and it's so sad. I agree. Like it makes me think of like the Castro during the gay rights movement, how people like, took off there from small um from small states or cities you know but they also had to be old enough to get out and a lot of people mm-hmm. didn't make it the castros in san francisco so the castros in san francisco and i just don't know how kids have the option to make it out there and we think about gender affirming care and they've taken that away now so what is the goal here because the way that i see it is the goal is increased suicide. And I've read that the queer community, however you would like to name it, is 2.5% more likely to suffer from a mental illness. Mm -hmm. So if we're already struggling, what's going to happen now that you've taken away these options for trans kids, non-binary kids, marriage equality like mm-hmm. where are people going where are they fleeing what's happening here or is canada taking in all these refugees like where yeah. is safety now exactly like where are people safe to live as a human being and have the same rights as everyone else because basically what the rights are doing and being taken away is forcing people to fall into a mindset that they don't deserve to be here like is that ultimately because you can't change the way someone is like i'm just this is that's i think what the thing that really blows my mind is it's like and you even hear well i don't know if it's real life but it's always in like movies and tv shows right and it's like the Mm -hmm. parents send the kids to therapy because they want them to be fixed and changed and back to normal or whatever but you can't do that like you can't physically like or mentally change i mean well i don't know i don't want to say this wrong because i guess people can change like if you think about trans they're changing their gender Mm -hmm. but that's themselves choosing to do that compared to like external someone being like no you don't deserve to live yeah we're not doing conversion therapy anymore yeah yeah, I mean they they are, but like they are, but, but like we're not, we can't like it's twenty twenty three. Like, what kind of like world are we trying to create here? That no, but that's exactly what's happening though. They're right. saying that they don't deserve to exist. Exactly. They are not. They're not worthy. They're not human. Mm, they're the yeah. They're it. Yeah, they're not. You're not. It's like you're not worthy to be a human being on this world in this earth time period in general they're not they're not safe like there's i believe they're getting outed in some states Mm. um i genuinely don't know what these families and children are doing like i i don't know like i know if that was me in that situation i would take my family and leave like i would go to california Mm. i'd go to new york like i would go to somewhere where it's safe a sanctuary state because California is a sanctuary state and I would go somewhere. I mean, like certain areas, California are pretty conservative and Republican, but I would get myself to somewhere where I knew it was as liberal as possible or as Americans like to say, as Democrat as possible. Um, But, you know, good old free America. 
Yeah. <laughs> Go on a tangent on that. No, I yeah. know. I was like, I was like, wow, this is not how I saw this podcast well, going. I like, I don't but know I, how many I don't American think you can like have, talk about but... this without like addressing the fact that this is the way like the world is going. And unfortunately, America is a huge country and we live like two seconds away from it. So it's like people think like, oh, you're in Canada, like whoop de doo why do you care? We care because we're human beings and we care like that, especially I remember like with the Roe versus Wade thing and people are like, why do you care? You live in Canada. Uh, we care because you're taking away human rights. Like you're taking yes. away the right for women to live in certain situations. And it's like, we care because we're human and like, that's not the way you treat another human being. It doesn't matter where you should live. You should yeah, you should care in general, like care. Yeah, like human rights matter. And yeah. also usually what the states does, we Canada model copies. ourselves after. Yeah. It trickles like, down. It, I always think about too, like the Proud Boys and like the Proud Boys are from Alberta. Like the Proud Boys are from Canada. Like this behavior, like the anti-drag shows, mm. we're seeing that in Canada. Like this behavior mm. exists here. It's not that far from home. No. It's not untouchable. We're not better than anyone. Mm -hmm. it, it's happening here too. If it can happen there, it can yeah. happen anywhere. Like I just, yeah, I like it, they're not untouchable. We're not untouchable. Mm -hmm. and you have to be careful because it can happen really fast to all of us. Mm -hmm. And the Roe v. Wade stuff, I never thought in my entire life would I see the day where we call it uterus rights were taken. Because I, I don't, when we say women's rights, I'm like right. people with uteruses. I want to be yeah. inclusive. Right. I never thought they took the bodily autonomy away from people with uteruses. I never thought I would see that day being alive. Yeah. It's 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 literally like uh what's oh Margaret Atwood who wrote <gasps> The Handmaid's Tale. It's her being like, I wrote this book and now it's coming to real life. Like she it's literally a she guide. Did, she yeah. made up this messed up story and this is the world that we're like living in and going towards. It's so scary. Imagine like Trump and all the Republicans just have like a copy, like the Bible. Probably. In, and it's in like, okay, offices, we're going to do this like, next. <laughs> here, here's step 16. <laughs> Take away this right. Women like, are not allowed to speak. And then right? At the protest, though, they wore the robes from the handmaid's yeah, tail. Because like, like that's this basically the way it is. It's so, it's, I just like, it just like, blows my mind that this is like the world we live in. Like, as being a human being is already enough, like, we already have to, like, just like, if you think about what we have to go through in a day, like in 24 hours, just to like survive. And then we have all this extra, like, shit toppled on. And it's just like, can we not just like live in general? No, that's no, like, we can't. no. No, no, you cannot. <laughs> no, like the coronavirus wasn't enough. Right. Like we were so just going to strip everyone of free speech, yeah. bodily autonomy, um, just like anything. And that's what 2023 is for. It is. Yeah. Like, seriously, it's like every other day I will like share something and be like, what is going on? And someone's like, did you see this, this and this? And I'm like, right. No. 
<laughs> I think last week TikTok was getting banned. So then everyone was downloading like the Lemon 8. Yeah, that is a new app. app. Yeah, I know. I, like, I can't oh, wait. I can't believe I'm on another app, but like you should join it. So cool. I'm like, you can't. Why? It's it's not in Canada yet. I'm literally oh, going to States next week and I'm downloading it. I'm like, I'm on this shit now. I'm so confused. Like, is it like posting pictures or videos? Okay. It's, just, like, it's supposed to be if Pinterest, this is how fucking full looks circle like we've Pinterest. come. Pinterest and Instagram had a baby. Okay. Is what I've done extensive research on it and tried to download a VPN so I so could download you could get it. it. I was like, I'm going to get on this because I didn't get on TikTok fast enough. Yeah. 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 That's what it's supposed to be. And it's owned by the founders of TikTok. And it's supposed to have oh. like millions of users in Asia. Oh, wow. Like it's big. It's like a big shopping platform over there. So oh, TikTok's wow. like jokes on you, idiots. Like we already have another app. Like come on yeah. over to Lemonade. I know. Well, I didn't even realize TikTok was going to like disappear until people were posting like, I love you all. Like it, when this goes, I'm going to be so sad. And I was like, what is going on? Right. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, so it goes in the States. So we still have it in Canada. And then what happens? Like, cause I think about the community, the community that I have on TikTok is very different than what I have on Instagram. Yeah. They're like, on Instagram yeah. for me is like, I like my body positivity community on there right. on TikTok. I like my queers I like my therapists and I like my travel content. I like, mm -hmm. like, it's just very, it's a very, it's different, very different mesh. Yeah. And I think about like the community of like queer people I follow. And I'm like, well, if TikTok goes, where do I find you? I'm like, I'm putting my hand yeah. out into the abyss. I'm like, where do I find you? <laughs> I know. I don't, I like, didn't even like know it was going until I saw people posting being like, Oh my gosh, like everything I've worked for is gone. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> What's going on? Right. Here? But like, it's just like another reminder that we live in social media. So yeah. Much that we're just kind of like, oh, our life is over when, when a social, when an app is gone. It's, oh, kinda, yeah. it's so eerie. Like, it's just like so weird when you just think about like everything we're talking about going backwards, but yet we're like kind of like, in this like era of like social presence like so much and truly like the pandemic really just like, exploded that it's yep. just like what's it going to be like in five years 10 years I don't, like years? you know it's like how what is <laughs> really just going on like a whirlwind here but i honestly i honestly don't know what things can be like I don't yeah. maybe we're just gonna all revert back to like Facebook like in five years <laughs> posting statuses that were like today I did this or like oh my gosh I'm so tired <laughs> oh, it'll be like about an ex but in song lyrics like on MSN we'll go back to MSN chat instead of text because oh. you know everyone's getting the flip flones again oh that's gosh. a big thing um, but like, no, but we literally are going backwards. We are. Um, so that just seems like the natural progression for me personally. Oh my God. I bet you pagers this year. I guarantee, <laughs> I bet you pagers are going to be so frigging cool. I'm going to get one. I'm going to get a VTech phone too. Like the clear <laughs> ones with the like microphone off the oh head. Oh my god! I thought I was such a bad bitch with one of those. <laughs> like catch me driving my car with one. 
<laughs> I mean, it only makes sense. Like fashion is going backwards. Oh. It's just like everything's going backwards. I mean, like rights are going backwards. The way we live life is going backwards. Um, I mean, the cost of things are definitely not going backwards. No, that's, no. That's a whole nother problem. But yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're going so high that people won't be able to leave their homes because they won't have any money to do anything. And yeah. hopefully they'll still have homes. Um, I'm very fortunate that I'm just literally crashing at my parents. Um, yeah. That's, you know, where we've got into at this point in our life. We're highly successful living at our <laughs> Same. <laughs> I mean, can't afford to spend a million dollars on a house at this point. So not even a house, a shack. So yep. that's just the way we are rolling with it. Exactly. Like This is legitimately real life. Um, yeah. This is what it looks like being a millennial. Are, you're technically a millennial, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I love <laughs> I only found out I was a few years ago. I was like, that's a millennial. Um, I know. Millennials are, I think I'm on like the cusp. I'm like, I'm in the awkward phase where it's not like a Gen Z. <laughs> it's not like a Gen Z. I love that you're like, that's like a species. Yeah. They it's not like a, a Gen Z. <laughs> because they like definitely grew up in the social media era where we just kind yes. of like, we kind of had a different era that we lived in, like before phones and all that jazz. Like dial up internet. Yeah, dial up and just like, I don't know, calling your friends to come play with after school instead of like going on social media and doing all that kind of stuff. It's just yeah. like, like, different. Where like they don't really experience that or know what that is. No, like, like just like, like iPad. Uh, plugging in, a, their... putting a tape into a VCR to watch a movie. Like, God forbid. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the anticipation of waiting for that tape to rewind yeah rewinding it <laughs> or like if you recorded something you have to re fast forward through all the commercials and now it's like people don't even watch i don't even watch commercials i don't need to but it's oh just my like... goodness no i don't even watch half the parts of the show like i just like scrub <laughs> forward i'm like i don't care about your plot line like tell me what cindy's doing <laughs> Oh my goodness. Too like, much. we've come so full circle that as we a child, have. okay, here's one of the flags of being gay. Okay. I watched the L word on repeat when I was younger. Oh. And I just like, I was like, yeah, like, who doesn't want to know what lesbians do in LA? Most straight people. Most straight people do not care what lesbians are doing yeah, I was gonna in say, LA. I've never seen that before. But we've come so full circle that the L word actually relaunched. <laughs> And some of the main say, characters came back, and it's been canceled again. So. Oh, <laughs> I was it gonna say, I swear to God, I started the, like something getting posted about this, and I was yeah. like, oh, wasn't that show from like forever ago? But okay, yeah. they relaunched it, and it didn't go very far. It like went two seasons, and then they canceled it. It oh. was like all of my childhood fantasies came back. Shane came back. Oh my god! If there's any lesbians listening to this, bi people, pan people, queer, whoever you are. Shane was one of the reasons I knew I was questioning like that toxic masculinity in a woman. Thank you very much, society. Compet. Yes. Anyways, um, you're <laughs> <laughs> out a few things. Really, like, if, yeah. you, if you know, you know. Yeah, no, like if you are queer, you know. Like Shane is like the epitome of like today's fuck boy in like the oh, lesbian culture. Okay. Okay. Oh, I think they call them 
Oh my God, there's a name for them. They're like really cheesy on TikTok and they do like a lot of thumb motions over their mouth and like looking thirsty. I forget what they call them though. Shit. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to like, honestly, I'm going to be later and I'm going to find a thirst trap of it and I'm just going to message you it yeah. and be like, that's it. That's, that's it. it. You're going to be like, I have never heard of this subculture genre ever. <laughs> This is not my niche. Why are you sending this? <laughs> and then my TikTok for you page is just going to change. It's going to go gonna from like, wow. like, I don't know. I, mine's currently stuck on like food or something like that. And then it's just going to like totally switch. Yeah. Food porn. Different kind of, a, yeah. <laughs> for you page. Yeah. Yeah. Once you watch one lesbian TikTok, like it's, it's everywhere. Mm. It's generally how the algorithm works. You watch one video and it's like, and it's everyone is a thirst trap for some reason. Like every, like on both sides of the feminine masculine spectrum. I I recently learned how to do them too. Like it's the, it's a very like niche thing that lesbians do on TikTok. Interesting. They're effective. They're very effective. I've saved a lot of them. Wow. (laughs) So clearly, you can learn a lot from TikTok. Yeah, which you can for oh. most things. And oh, sorry, everyone. We have some. We have some dogs here. They're just barking in the background. Not my feet for the Gen Z people listening. Not your feet, because the Gen Zers are like, oh, the my dogs are barking. Oh, their they're, feet they're, are barking because they're tired or something. Their toes are out. I don't know. I saw the bird's papaya said it, so it has to be like right or true. Oh gosh, I've never heard of that. Jesus, I swear, I swear it's I on don't her know stories half today. The stuff that's happening in this world anymore, clearly. So literally, get on my TikTok friend group because the amount of TikToks I will send you in a night is unhealthy. Ask Kenzie Brenner. She'll be like, you sent me 40 tonight. I'm like, you're lucky those were the curated ones. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground and gone to different, like, areas in this conversation. But it's been amazing. This has been – thank you so much for having me on. I never thought we would go from talking about gay rights yeah. to pagers. Yeah. Didn't I, I know. like didn't really, I didn't like, see that happening. We went like 2023, like 1990s, like 2000s. We just covered a lot of like ground, but also we just kind of went in the direction that we're going in in the world. So that's I know part of me is like, okay, I'll see you later for part two. I'll bring my mic with me. <laughs> um, catch me at Kayla Logan blog. <laughs> um before we kind of like close up i'm curious if you have like if there is one person listening right now who is questioning i don't even i guess like their sexuality or okay this is my other question like i have another question before i answer okay, the last okay, question okay, okay. i've heard from people that they don't like to say coming out or that coming out is like not what should be said is that correct or is that just like people's preferences do you think for me it doesn't bother me so i think that's definitely like a preference thing i know it'd be great if we got to a world where no one felt the need to come out i know in my life i'm coming out every day 
Like you're literally coming out to your doctor. You're coming out right to the taxi driver. Um, like just it just feels like a never ending thing. I yeah. I don't know what a world looks like where you don't have to. And I think that's a beautiful sentiment. And you know, maybe for some that's how they live their lives, and that's great. Um, to me, it doesn't bother me, and it's just yeah. um not realistic for me personally, but I think that's great for others. And then in regards to like what advice I would give for someone questioning. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Get yourself a queer consultant. Um, So this is Mm. legit what I did. I had a friend who I knew was queer who had a girlfriend and I asked them all my questions. Like I felt safe to ask them. And I was like, what does what does question your sexuality look like? Mm-hmm. And any small question, no matter whether I thought it was dumb, small. Sorry, if you're hearing that, that is my dog who looks like a penguin. Teddy you're bear. Fine. Um, No matter like the size of the question, just ask them. It's not dumb. If they care about you, they're going to be there. And it's going to take a process. Like you're not, you're not going to understand it overnight. And I don't even mean overnight. Like it could take a year. It could take two years of you asking questions. Like I think it took me over six months to a year Mm. for me to like figure out that I was like to go on a date with a woman. And I remember her being like, this is such an exciting time for you. And I was like, fuck you it is um this is terrifying you're I hate like this. i don't know what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah i was like no this is this is the worst like i don't know why anyone is giving me this advice but i like called her my queer consultant so find yourself a friend it doesn't have to be a close friend it can even just be someone online it was literally right. someone that i admired online that i had met once okay and awesome. just ask them just ask them all your questions yeah yeah so basically find someone just anyone anyone just ask them your like literally i would just ask friends i'd be like how do you know you're questioning your sexuality like that was literally the question i asked Mm -hmm. because i did not have a clue and then also like ask people like what attraction feels like for women because i didn't know that either i thought that attraction for women felt the same as men Mm. and it doesn't it's like you don't want to become her you're not inspired by her she's not your idol you want to date her Mm -hmm. that's what that feeling is it's not it's not the feeling you think it's going to be it's not that toxic like butterflies feeling overwhelmed nervous anxiety that people tell you that romantic love is Mm. that's not that's not it like what is he doing (laughs) um it's literally like they say online if you want to become her you probably want to be with her so Mm. if you're questioning you're like really starting to admire people or you're really jealous of certain friends being with other friends like these are all traits that like maybe it's a little more but just find yourself a person to ask these things Mm. Yeah, that's it. You just need one person. You don't even have to know them. A stranger is probably better, to be honest. Yeah, I was gonna say probably like online, like yeah. online. Just ask a queer person online. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's it. Tea. That's a tea. But, like, but be safe. Be safe, peeps. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, what I'm so before to we get. before we say goodbye, I do have some rapid fires that oh shit, oh shit, every okay, episode with. Okay. So there are 
they're the same for everyone, so it doesn't really have anything to do with what we talked about, but kind of does to some degree. Um, okay, your first question is, what is something you do that makes you feel good? In my head, I was like, smoke crack. I don't actually <laughs> smoke crack. <laughs> do you smoke crack? No. <laughs> I've been talking to a lot of people about like, Ooh, you know, just like... occasional crack smokers. Oh, gosh. Um, I was like, I don't think that's a good thing to do, but <laughs> I like my mind is just everywhere. Um, hot baths, hot baths bath. with Epsom salts. Mm, yeah, score. Yeah. Uh, what is something you value? Friendships. Mm, nice. What is something you want to let go of? Self sabotaging behaviors. Mm, yeah. That's not an easy one. What is something (laughs) you're working on? Can be like personal, career, anything. Knowing my worth and getting paid for it. Mm, Nice. And then your last one is how do you want to be remembered? As someone who changed the world. Bam. (laughs) As the dog jumps off the bat, I'm like, mic drop. Mic drop. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me and taking it wherever we went. It was really awesome. Um, Thank you so much for having me. This was so beautiful and exciting. And I think this is only my like first or second podcast I've ever been on as a guest. Yeah. Like I never, like I never guessed on podcast. Like I was so excited when you asked me, I'm like, Oh my God, me, you want me to come on? I was like, okay, cool. I was like, this (laughs) is so cool. Okay, well, plug everything. Where can people find you? Okay, you can find me at Kayla Logan blog on Instagram and TikTok. And then you can find me at Kayla Logan on YouTube. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. And your podcast. I know I didn't want to plug it in case you were like, no, this is my podcast. This is my moment. plug it. Everything okay, so I have a podcast and it's called Two Girls, One Binge. And it's with Kanzi Prana. Check it out. It's it's pretty fucking juicy. There's a lot of swearing on it. I haven't binged it yet. I need oh, to. Yeah, get it. You should. Yeah. It's yeah. like. I can't it's wait. good. Every time get I see the little it. clips, I'm like, okay. We well, say some real inappropriate shit on there. I know. I feel like it's just like a filter free kind of like. No, it, it's like us go. at nighttime, like our convos that we're like, we should talk about that on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, thank you so much for coming on. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Well, there you have it. There's today's episode. I hope you loved it and enjoyed this conversation and maybe learned something new that you didn't know. Um, As I said earlier, just a reminder to spread kindness wherever you are and also a reminder that we never truly know what someone is actually going through it's just a generalized reminder for everyone in life um but yeah as always if you love this episode feel free to share it 
on social media or just share with someone who you think might be interested in learning about this or hearing about this or could be supported from this conversation and always it's a reminder that you're never alone in whatever it may be that you're going through i will be taking a break from interview episodes until the fall um i may do some solo episodes here and there but i think i need a little bit of a breather from the podcast right now just from some other things that are going on and i'm excited to pick everything back up in the fall when i'm in a better mental space to take that toll um not really take the toll just to be more excited about it i would say um so yeah thank you guys for being here and for listening and i hope that this is something that you can come to over the next few months if needed bye